Welcome to the Effective Church Leaders Podcast, where we offer practical advice and insights to help you get better equipped, lead more effectively, and help your church thrive. I'm your host, Carrie Holton, and I'm back in this episode with Bryce and Susanna Kidwell, who are going to tell us more about what should go on a church's website. We had a wonderful part one in this previous episode when they offered us from their research and from their insights and from their perspective certain ideas and recommendations that should go on the church's website, and we just want to continue that conversation today. So let's get right into it. You know, I can hardly wait to hear what you think should and should not go on a church's website. Uh, let's start with what, what you don't like. What have you seen on websites that you don't like? All right, this is kind of a hard a hard topic to to get into, I think. I don't know about you, but for me, when I when I pull up a good website, I kind of just know it. Mm. Like it's sort of a feel um, almost. When you pull one up, you can tell the difference between a really good one and a really bad one. Okay, you know, with a really good one, it's very it's it's all clearly communicated. You can find what you need easily. With a bad one, I mean, you just you just know. <laughs> okay. So I mean, one of the things that that I really that we really don't like, and we talked about it just a minute ago, is is that it's updated. We need to see a website that's been updated recently, whether it's your social media content, whether it's your current sermon series. Can I find what that is easily? Um, are you even preaching in sermon series? Can I tell you a pet peeve <laughs> of mine right now? What's that? Uh, when I go on a website and uh, the church has an archive of the sermons or the Bible classes, uh-huh. but they haven't been updated in weeks or months. Definitely. I mean, it's not current. Definitely, that really bothers me. Someone, someone in that church ought to be ought to be. Is it uploading or downloading? What's the word? <laughs> uploading. Uploading. Upload. Someone ought to be uploading those things every week. Yes, it's just a pet peeve of mine. It yeah. needs to be current. Yeah, you absolutely have to keep those things current, especially when you're saying these things are updated, updated often or updated weekly, and it hasn't been updated for a couple of months or a couple of years. Like you're in trouble. Like even with your social media channels, you know, a lot of younger generations may go to your Instagram first if you have an Instagram. Um, and if you, if we see your last post was in 2017, hmm. you know, why do you even still have that up? Like just cut that out, get rid of it. Have you, have you really found uh, on church websites that they will have maybe Instagram pictures that are that old? Yes. Yes. Oh. And that's one of the first places I actually, I go to some of those and I check those out to see what's going on and. That's been a very uh, frequent Interesting. thing we've seen. Yeah. Wow. Disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> it's sometimes a disappointment when you're excited about a church and you visit their Facebook page or their Instagram page and they haven't posted or updated anything in a couple of years. It's like they just, just abandoned it. You know, we need to have you two on another podcast in the near future just to talk about social media. <laughs> and the social media and the church. That'd be a good podcast. <laughs> One that you guys could discuss. You know, one of my other pet peeves with this, Dad, is when they don't keep leadership pictures updated on their websites or who the leaders are. We've seen that often, too. We go to a website, they have these leaders, and they're no longer leaders there, or they have new leaders, but they haven't posted about them. That's I, important. Leadership think, is important. Yes, and I think what we're saying now is that someone in the church needs to be assigned the task of making sure the website is current and updated. Yes, definitely. Okay. Definitely, because I was on one just yesterday, actually, uh, where a friend of mine used to preach. He doesn't preach there anymore, but they still have him listed as the preacher, mm. and they still have his photo up there and all of his 
all okay. of this biographical information. It's like, well, wait a second. I know better than that. Okay. Well, what else can you tell us about things you don't like that you've seen on church websites? You know, the other thing that we don't want to see is is something that's cluttered. Hmm. Uh, whether it's your any of your pages, really, but your homepage is your homepage, especially. We don't want to see it cluttered up with a bunch of with a bunch of text. Uh, a lot of websites, church websites, especially that you pull up, you just you just find yourself reading and reading and reading and reading. So minimal text, but what's there needs to be clear. It needs to be clear and concise uh, and simple, simple unchurch, unchurch language. Mm-hmm, is that mm-hmm. a good way to say it? So you definitely believe the mantra, less is more. Less is more. Okay. Definitely. Definitely. Interesting. Um, another thing that we don't like on websites is a calendar of events. Wow. Now you'll have to unpack that. <laughs> well, I think we've kind of said earlier that we prefer prefer less is more, um, not so many programs and activities. That tends to tell us that you're kind of chaotic, that maybe you don't have a lot of direction. Um, not that events on a website are bad. Now, we were on a website the other day, and they had one website, or excuse me, they had one event listed um, and it was a big, like, women's one-day conference. And that was just a big community event anyone could come to. Now, that, to me, is great. But seeing a website the other day, and it was, like, Financial Peace University, uh, men's breakfast, pancakes and something, this, that, 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 that's just too chaotic. That kind of tells, like, you don't have a focus. Okay, now I'm going to push back a little bit here, and I want you all to unpack this some more for us. Because I think there are a lot of churches that sort of pride themselves in having a long list of activities, a long list of programs. Uh, what, what for you is the real danger or the real negative in putting all those programs and all those events on the website? What, how do you think the, the potential guest might respond to seeing all of those activities on the website? Well, I mean, number one, I think it, it tells me where your priorities are, or at least it communicates that your priorities are are more of these events than they necessarily are the people who are a part of your congregation. Okay. Um, secondly, as a visitor, I'm looking at it just thinking, man, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to let all of that, all that activity into my life. Okay. So you 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 would be thinking that a lot of potential guests are not excited about a church that has a lot of events on their website. That's what you're saying. Right, because generally speaking, my life is already really busy. Oh, I got you. Okay. It's already really busy, and I'm not going to choose churches that are also overly busy Okay, and overly programmed. Now you're doing something that I think we all need to do, and that is put ourselves in the shoes of the potential guest or the first-time guest. How do they really feel when they go to a website and they see all these events, this, this cluttered calendar, this overcrowded program, uh, I think that's interesting. I think that's, uh, go ahead, Suze. You know, as a first-time guest, too, if I were to see a women's one-day conference open to the community versus uh, a family picnic in the park, which one am I going to be more likely to even think about going to? The family picnic? <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the women's one-day conference, right? And it's it's general. And I could maybe even grab a friend, and we could go together to check it out. Yeah, There's a big difference in feel there. Now, here's another thing I might bring up. Um, having groups, having some activities, isn't necessarily a bad thing. Maybe it's how you, how you communicate about them as well. Mm -hmm. 
So say, and let, let's even think about this along the hero's journey. You know, maybe I need money help. Maybe I need how to better uh, raise my children. Maybe I'm an empty nester. Maybe I just want a Bible study group. You know, you, you know, there's a lot of different groups that can be great. And maybe you have those groups, but those are tucked more in a different spot on your website. It's not all front and center. You know, give me time to get to those groups. You would put groups front and center? Is that what you're saying? No, I would tuck those at a different okay. part of the website to where they're not front and center. Okay. So, you know, maybe give me time to warm up to getting into one of those activities or I groups. I see. All right. Very good. Okay. Anything else on what you don't like and what you've seen? One more thing. Okay. Let's see what you think about this one, Dad. Um, we don't really like when a church's belief section is front and center. Oh, okay, now. <laughs> now, I know... I know that a lot of churches have the custom of doing this. Yes. The first thing you will see is, here's what we believe. Yes. Now, tell me why you don't think that should be front and center on a church's website. You know, and this might be, too, where there's a distinction between who's visiting your website. Is it the churched or is it the unchurched? Mm. The unchurched, I feel like, don't necessarily want to see that right away. They want some kind of help, some spiritual help. And eventually, they're going to make it to that section. Mm -hmm. I think putting your beliefs on your website is you need to do that for sure. It's just where you place it. And it's not front and center. Like I said earlier, I think we want people to experience Jesus and how he's going to transform their life and let them get a feel for what it's like to visit your church and be a part of there. And then, you know, they'll probably get to the to the beliefs. Now, church people visiting a website, um, they know where to find that, and they can go there directly if they need to. That's such an interesting perspective, I think. You know, I, I do agree with you that a lot of our websites are probably geared more toward Christians, mm-hmm. but what you're saying is worth consideration, and that is, if I might, uh, if I might try to put it in other words, what you're saying is that the first thing potential guests are looking for is not what you believe. Right, right. The first thing they might be looking for is, how can you help me with the problems I have? How can you help me get through my week? They might even just be looking, do you have an app? Do you have a newsletter I can sign up for? Okay. Right? So, I mean, don't get too heavy right from the beginning. All right. Well, that's, that's worth consideration. All right. Folks, if you've been listening to our podcast recently, you know we've been talking a lot about answering the questions people are asking. That's really what we want to do on this podcast. We want to answer the questions that church leaders are asking. Now, we have pages of questions that we believe church leaders are asking, but, you know, we thought, too, to give you the opportunity to reach out to us with your questions. Are there practical questions that you would like us to address? What are those questions? If you would send them our way, we will be happy to consider building podcasts around those questions. We at Connect3 Ministries believe in sharing helpful, relevant, and practical information that will help churches and leadership teams to become high-performing. So, if we can help you, just let us know and send your questions to me at carrie at effectivechurchleaders.com. That's carrie at EffectiveChurchLeaders.com. Send those questions. We'll be glad to address them.
what have you seen on websites that you like? Let's let's get positive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things that we've seen that we like. You know, Dad, they say that you only have five seconds to grab someone's attention on your website. Mm. That, and that is not long. So basically, it's the first thing you see on the website. No pressure here. I think they call that like above the fold. Before they even scroll down, whatever's above the fold is, is important. Okay. So some things that we really like to see is a well-crafted, good image and a bold sentence describing what you offer people. For instance, we were on a website the other day, and it was a really good picture of people worshiping. It was taken from the back, you know, it was just and it was kind of blurred. Was it a still it picture nice. or a video? It was a still picture. Okay. And then it said, a perfect place for imperfect people. And that was it. And that made me want to keep reading. Okay. About more of what they had to offer. Okay. Interesting. Five seconds to grab someone's attention. You want a you yeah. want a good image and one bold short statement. Yeah, make it simple and what you offer. You know, we do that when we go to other websites when we're we're buying something. Like Bryce and I were looking for a mattress right now, <laughs> and we go to a website and we want to know how's it going to make help me sleep. Okay. You know, versus the history of history of the manufacturer right you know just get to the point how are we how how is that church going to help someone spiritually with just a great image of someone that you know has some emotion to it all right good um what else do you like in what you've seen another thing we like is a clear call to action um, a lot of times when you visit websites, like at the top right-hand corner, in the very top, there's like a little bubble or a little square, and it might say, join now or buy now, or they call that like a call to action. And we really like these on church websites um, because it kind of helps people know what to do after experiencing their website visit. And this also goes in hand, I think, with a church's mission, which is we want to reach lost right we want people to visit I mean, the purpose of a church website too is to help people visit to think about visiting you and so a clear call to action might be visit us mm-hmm. and, and you see that kind of all throughout the website sign up for our newsletter plan a visit mm-hmm. visit us you know things like that so to summarize you're saying uh, that you don't like just the sharing of information you want to enable the uh, the viewer to respond in some way Yes, take some action. You want to call them to respond in some way. Yes. Okay, interesting. All right. What else? All right. I think a third thing that we like to see in a website is is multiple ways that we can interact with you, with your church, before we even ever come to the door. Um, Generally, that's going to start with something like your newsletter. Do you have like a digital newsletter that we can can subscribe to? Mm. You know, not necessarily just hunting your website for the week, this week's bulletin, but like, can we sign up for a digital newsletter that's going to hit our email inbox? You know, that's a pretty passive way to engage a church really is just getting a digital newsletter. Um, also, we're going to look for your social media. What kind of social media links do you have? Uh, are you on relevant ones? Is your church still on MySpace? Those kinds of things. <laughs> is, is that an old uh, program? MySpace? That's, that's way old. That's, <laughs> that's pre Facebook. Okay. <laughs> You know, so what kind of things are your church, is your church on? Uh, when was the last time some of those things were updated is going to be our very next look. But we've already talked about that, so we won't cover it. Um, another thing that we're going to look for is, does your church have an app? An app. An app. Pretty yeah. important, huh? 
I it's getting that way. Now you're talking about something that goes on your phone, right? Yeah, an app. Yeah, one of those little things that goes on your phone. You can usually find them in the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. Um, those kinds of things. Actually, one website that I was on the other day had it listed where you had to contact the church secretary for more information about the app. Okay. All right. <laughs> so that's probably a little bit of a turnoff uh, when it comes to that. <laughs> but we would like to see an app and probably an app with more functions and features than just uh, the church directory. Other ways to interact with uh, with your church? Yeah. All of these different ways to interact in your church. Um, do you have church online? So like on a Sunday morning, if I if I wasn't quite sure if I wanted to come there yet, mm-hmm. can I watch your worship online? Streaming. Streaming, yeah. And I think that's an important thing. Uh, another thing that I want to see, do you have online giving? I love, I love churches that have online giving. In fact, the research shows that churches with online giving have increased their, their budget and their weekly giving by like 30% or more. Tell me this. Are you a fan of a church podcast? It depends on what are, what are we podcasting, like podcasts like this or like sermon podcasts. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm thinking that might be another way to interact with the church if they could uh, subscribe to a weekly podcast or something. But Yeah, definitely. But it depends on the content. Definitely. I think some churches, some churches put their sermons in podcast form and put them on the Apple Podcasts or whatever it is that Google, that Google listens to. Sorry, folks, I'm not a Google user by any means. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, interesting. Interesting. Those kinds of things. I think those things are important to be able give me different ways that I can interact with your church. More things, the more I can learn about your church through those things before I actually come to your church, the better off I am. Informed. The more more informed. Yeah. The more prepared I am. You know, Bryce, what you're saying is I think very interesting is that people uh, can learn a whole lot about a church before they ever come to the church. Definitely. I mean, through a podcast, through a website, through on, I mean, just different ways they can interact with you. Yeah. I mean, being able to watch a worship service online before I even decide whether or not to go to that church, like that's a huge deal. Okay. All right. Anything else? We also like to see on websites that the church clearly voices their mission and vision. Um, and I think a lot of times that's displayed in the little about tab, about tab in the navigation but seeing a church have direction and focus clearly displayed on their website says a lot about who they are for us. You think, for example, it's important for a potential guest, a first-time guest, to see on the website what the church's five-year vision is? Oh, yeah, definitely. You think it helps them to know where that church is going? Yes, okay. and in fact, that might even excite them. Okay. It might make them feel like that church gets it. They're moving in a direction. They're going There's somewhere. There's a spiritual movement there, and mm-hmm. you know what? I really like that, and I want to be a part of that. Okay. So it really might cause some excitement there. Okay, very good. Interesting. All right. Well, now then, where do you start? I, I, I want to know. Uh, I'm putting myself in the shoes of a church leader who's somewhat been overwhelmed by all of this content, by the way. I yeah. mean, I'm yeah. looking at I'm looking at website, and I'm thinking, boy, that's a lot to do. I'm not sure we have the skill or the talents to do that. Where in the world do we start to build a website that attracts first-time guests? Yeah, I can see how this can be overwhelming, huh? Right. <laughs> um, you know, first, I would make sure, before you even get to thinking about building your website, a church needs to make sure that they have a clear direction, clear mission, vision, strategy. And I think you and mom have talked about this in some of your podcasts. And that's just crucial because I don't really think you can put together a, a good website until you have some alignment 
and everyone is pulling in the same direction. Very good. So I would say, you know, that is your first step. Step one. That's okay. Uh, secondly, I think after you determine that, you need to determine who the website is going to be catered to. Is it going to be catered to first-time guests, or is it going to be catered to church, the church, to people already? Okay. Um, that's important because, like we said earlier, that is really going to determine your language and your vocabulary, um, what you put on your website, uh, and, and it goes with your whole mission as well. So if your mission is to reach the lost, your website is going to reflect that. Yes, and I haven't done as much, not nearly as much research as you have on church websites, but I can see that from some websites, churches are a little bit uh, confused about who they're trying to address. Yes, I agree. Christian, uh, guests, uh, unchurched, that they're a little confused. So that second step is determining exactly whom we're trying to reach in the website. Okay. So I think one of the other things that a church needs to consider is maybe hiring a professional, mm. somebody who can who can actively look after your website all the time for you. Traditionally, I think churches sort of look at websites as a as a, maybe a necessary evil or something that they that they have to do because it's something that they need. They feel like they have to do it, and so it just gets passed off to someone in the congregation who might have a little bit of tech savvy, mm-hmm. and they may or may not get the website updated. Often, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it may be monthly, it may be bi-monthly, those kinds of things. So I, the very first thing I would do is consider hiring a professional. It would actually be cool, and we've talked about this um, just in some of our kitchen talks, about how cool it would be if a church were to create a new position and to call them like the creative arts minister. Okay. You're thinking <laughs> outside the box now, Bryce. I, I I'm trying to. Here. <laughs> you know, we talk about all these digital things, and churches often wonder, well, how are we supposed to manage and keep up with all these digital things? And one of the ways I think that they could do that is is with a creative arts minister, you know, somebody who's responsible for the website. Yes. Keeping it updated, making sure that this week's sermons are on there, or the classes, or whatever it is that you choose to record. Uh, but also keeping up with some of the social media things can be part of that job. Um and sermon sermon graphics and just you know the graphics that you use in your church around your church in your worship services those kinds of things i think those could all fall under that type of job description and i mean lord knows there's enough creative people out there who yes. are, who are more than capable of handling some of these positions good 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 ideas and i might like to add to that too is that they're trained to do that so they, they know all the aspects of branding and how to keep that cohesive and everything that your church puts out, all the content that it puts out. And honestly, I think that that might sound um, nice to some leaders because I don't really think, you know, ministers need to be running the website. Secretaries, administrative assistants, that's probably not in their job description either. If you had a team, then that's all they did. I think that would probably, there would be some leaders who breathe a sigh of relief. I think you're that. right. I think you're right. Okay, uh, tell me, uh, do you have any other recommendations before we wrap this up? I've got one more thing that we might suggest here. I I know we just threw out the idea of creating a new position in your church, (laughs) and there's some people out there going, oh, my goodness, we don't have the budget for that. Right. Um, I would recommend there's companies out there, and one of them that we really, really like is a a company called Subsplash. Um, When we went to redo our website, we, we dealt a lot with them and had several conversations with with some of the people who work there, um, they're sort of an all-in-one platform for churches. They will 
they can handle your website. They can handle all the updates. They can help you make design decisions and content decisions and all of those things. I mean, it's absolutely incredible what they can do. Um, it also comes, so I, something like this comes with like a website and an app. And an app. And it, it's all seamless. You know, anything you update on your on your website gets updated on your app and all, all those kinds of things. And it's really, really cool. Okay. So apparently you think that's money well spent. I, I think that's money that you can't, you can't afford not to spend it. All right. All right. Very, very good. Okay. Well, an app, that sounds like the subject of another podcast right there, an app. Every church needs a good app. You betcha. Okay. Well, do you have any closing thoughts before we wrap this up? You know, I know this is probably a lot of information and we hope people are not overwhelmed. We hope that you see the value of a, of a good church website and that you understand that a website plays a role in the growth of your church. Like it is that important. And so I hope that this kind of, you know, fuels your fire for, for getting that done or really leaders evaluating and rethinking, really thinking about your website and who that it's made for and how it can uh, pair with your mission and help you, you know, grow, grow as a church and become a thriving place for people. Okay. Bryce, any closing thoughts? Yeah, definitely. Um, just the digital world is sort of your new frontier um, when it comes to reaching people, um, whether they're churched or unchurched or whatever. And I don't, you can't afford not to, not to invest in this. Like, don't be afraid to invest a little bit of money in this. You may not be able to go all the way in hiring a creative arts minister or whatever, but don't hesitate to spend money on this. Very good. Well, I'm so glad you two joined us on this podcast. Uh, you have had such interesting ideas and fresh ideas. And to come from millennials, I know I'm a little bit biased because I have a lot of respect for both of you and love for you, but your ideas are really worth considering. So thank you for taking the time to share your ideas and insights with us. Okay, friends. Well, that's it for this episode of the podcast. We hope to return next week when we'll offer another episode of the Effective Church Leaders podcast, where we do try to offer practical advice and insights to help you get better equipped, lead more effectively, and help your church thrive. 